Hello, everyone. We're so glad you have joined us today. We are so looking forward to this program. Yes, we are. <laughs> and we're going to talk about how God gave you instructions in Gen Genesis chapter one, your one of your favorite subjects, and that is spiritual authority, take dominion. And then over in Acts chapter one, the Great Commission, go to the world. We're going to talk to you about those things. The purpose of the church. The purpose of the church. Stay tuned. We'll see you in a moment. So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. Everyone, God bless you and welcome today to More Than Conquerors, Terry Mize Ministries program. We are delighted to have you and we are excited to talk to you about the the absolute truths, Terry, yes. from the yes, Word of yes, God. Yes. This is stuff you can take to the bank. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're, if for nothing else, our testimony of our lives is uh, through many dangers, toils and snares, we have already come. We've proven it works. Oh, we have. You know, we've proven over, it works. Over and half our, a century. <laughs> yeah, all together here. And, and, and as we as we minister to our generation and the other seven and a half billion people that are on the planet, um, our message to you is that this works. Yes. It's not just a dead religion with a dead God that uh, made, a, as the Bible says, out of wood and stone, you mm -hmm. know. And, mm -hmm. and some kind of material here on the earth. Psalm one fifteen is is one of the most classic scriptures in the Bible, and it says that all other gods are no gods because they have eyes that they don't see, ears they can't hear, mouths that can't speak, throats that they can't even make a noise. God gets a little sarcastic every yeah. now and then. He says, yeah, those are the gods. Yeah, they're no gods. There are no gods. He said they sit he sits in the heavens and he laughs at at man's escapades to try to fulfill the void with anything, it seems like, Terry, you, other than the living God. You know what's so amazing to me is is that I've been to so many of those nations yes, and I've seen absolutely. so many of those gods. And I've seen the gods that have eyes and can't see and oh, you know, in India <clears throat> The Hindu religion, uh, a lot of the gods, they have 330 million That's gods, right. by the way, 330 <laughs> million gods well. in the Hindu religion. And many of them have multiple arms. You've seen pictures of them. They'll have arms here and here right. and here and here and here. They may have eight arms or whatever and uh, lots of arms and hands. I've always said it's a handy religion. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes uh, those the, 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 those statues, those idols uh, will get broken. Right. And uh, I've walked in temples, you know, and there would be a idol over there and he's missing an arm. And, or, or I'll see it over in the corner. It's broken off and they've got it in the corner, you know. And sometimes I'll say to the priest uh, that's there, I'll say, hey, who uh, 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 who makes your gods for you? That's a pretty, pretty piece there. Who make it? I said, well, our priests make our gods. 
And I said, well, that's interesting. I said, in Christianity, our God makes our priest. And I said, hey, I noticed that, that this guy's missing an arm here, or missing a couple of arms, and I see him laying over there on the floor. Whenever your gods get broken, who uh, who repairs them? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, our priests repair them when they when they get broken. I said, well, that's that's interesting, because in Christianity, when our priests get broken, our our God fixes them, repairs them. But I, I've, I've been to those nations. I've seen those Hallelujah. gods. I've watched those gods. I've watched people crawl to them. I've watched people uh, give right. food to them, leave food right. Right. Uh, for them. Uh, I had some friends of mine, uh, ministers, with me one time in, in Thailand. I was doing a pastor's conference. I had 1,300 pastors uh, right. in Chiang Mai, uh, and, and I'm paying their expenses and feeding them and so on and so forth. And we were in this um, uh, event center connected to a to a hotel and and there was a big uh shrine that we had to walk by every time we went into the meeting room or out of the meeting room and this big shrine with the god was there and the the flowers the lays and flowers everywhere and then there was food there and and i forget what what was actually on the tray in front something I don't know if it's some nuts or something you can just pick up. And so one of one of my several pastor friends I had with me at the time was a was a dear sweet lady, a pastor from uh, from the East Coast. And uh, and so we walked by and she reached down and picked up one of those things. She thought the hotel was giving oh, was my. offering uh, you know, treats or something. Yeah. We all said, put that down, put that down, you get us all in trouble, you know, you're, you're stealing the God's food, you know. So but uh, but those, oh, those gods can't see, they can't hear. God no. says they don't even they can't even make a noise. It's, it's just, just amazing a, to watch them. I've I, I watched them for it so is, many years. It is, I've, I've got videos of them uh, you know approaching the gods and, and you know, even in even in Catholicism, Renee, uh Way back when I lived in Mexico as a young missionary, when Jackie and I lived there, um, I'd, I'd watch the people uh, crawl sometimes yes, on special yes. holidays. They'd crawl I've seen uh, maybe maybe for a mile, right. half a mile, or right. across a, a cobblestone right. Uh, right. courtyard right. or, or, right. or, or, or uh, like a town square. Right. And they'd crawl on their hands and knees. And, uh, you know, the hands get bloody, their knees get bloody. And then when they finally get to the church the cathedral they'll crawl in there and you know, in catholic churches they have if you're familiar with them they have they have what they call stations of the cross right so right. so as you walk into a catholic church you can actually see the difference that what they call the stations of the cross showing the day of crucifixion where jesus you know was it in gethsemane and then right. he's praying and then, then you know then he's beaten and then, he, then, he's, then right. he's carrying the cross to golgotha and uh, but what they'll do then is they'll they'll crawl around that whole deal and then they will uh, and it's just always, always break my heart because I'd watch them. And what they'd do is when they finally got to the end, then there'd be a statue of Jesus or sometimes of Mary, but it's right. of Jesus, uh, and, or sometimes a painting. And so they would rub their own body where they hurt. Mm-hmm. And then they'd reach up and rub the statue in the same place or, or the painting in, in the right. same place. But right. Like if they had a broken arm or something, they'd rub their arm and they'd reach up and rub that arm. And you, know, you just break your heart sometimes. And, and so many times, the worship of these gods, these idols, in all religions, uh, they they include you suffering. Right. You know, you've got to suffer. Over 20 years ago, I had just done a great crusade in Cuba, lots of miracles, lots of wonderful things happened. And I flew into Miami and preached at this wonderful church that was a partner of ours, still is. And uh, God gave me a tremendous message called, Who Do You Say 
Jesus is. And uh, I ministered it. It's helped so many people around the world since then. And when I go back and look at all the miracles I've had around the world, you're familiar with my hitchhiker story where the guy shot at me five times, the bullets didn't hit me. Uh, you're familiar with when my wife Jackie, the doctor, told her all her life she couldn't have children. We had four. All the miracles we've had is always comes back to who do we say that Jesus is. So uh, I want to make this available to you. It's available to you for $25 or if you partner with us for any amount whatsoever monthly, then we'll send it to you for free and bless you with it. But this uh, legacy series has four messages on it that God gave me around the world, different countries, different places that'll bless you and help you. And this great message, Who Do You Say Jesus Is, is uh, one of those messages. God bless you. You're more than conquerors. Yes. And uh, and and I, I've told people around the world all my life, I said, you, you you don't do the suffering. Jesus suffered for you. He's our substitute. And even some Christians, uh, even spirit-filled Christians, will will confuse things because the Word tells us uh, that they uh, that they uh, fellowship the sufferings of Christ. Right. And so so the church in America gets thinking, uh, the Christian gets thinking, oh, I'm supposed to suffer like Jesus. No, no, no. No, no I fellowship his suffering. Yes. In other words, since he suffered, I don't have to. Since he carried it, I don't have right. to. The Bible says, right. Matthew uh, says, uh, himself bore. Yes, Isaiah 53. Yeah. Well, was, even in, in Matthew 8, 17. Matthew you know, he, 8, 17, he, he, he himself. bore it himself. Yes, uh, and I've always thought, well, if himself, if he himself bore it for me, right. then I don't have to bear it. Exactly. You know, when I fly into some place to preach, whether in the States or overseas, uh, the, the pastor and sometimes a, a group from the church will meet me at the airport, or the pastor will bring a couple of young men from the airport or whatever, and uh, and they'll greet me, and then we'll go to baggage claim, and, and, and then they'll say, which one's your luggage, Brother Terry? And, and so then those guys carry my luggage. And uh, and I've always used that as an example. And I said, well, you know, if, you, yes. if you're going to carry that, uh, then I'm not going to. Right. Now, right. if you don't carry it, then I will. But right. if you if you're going to, then I want. So we'd look silly, two of us big old guys here right. carrying a carrying a suitcase between us. <laughs> because if Jesus bore it, if he that's carried right. it, that's right. Then for Thank you, God. then I fellowship that, I identify with that. That's right. And uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of goofy talk going on the last few years about. Uh, how men identify as a woman, or woman identifies as a man, or, or somebody identifies <laughs> as a I don't know what. Well, yeah. well, we really do that. We identify right with the with the care with the suffering of Jesus. Of Jesus, uh, we identify with what He went through because He suffered. I don't have That's to. Right. Because That's He uh, died on the cross. I don't have to. Because He took sins on His own body. I don't have to. Thank but God. If he, That's if he right. paid for me in blood, then I'm paid for. That's right. You know, and so. Uh, Another thing I do that always messes people's minds up is a lot of times those young boys all over the world, I've done it in America and New Zealand, Australia, and everywhere else around the world, they'll they'll reach down, pick up my luggage to carry it, and I'll, I'll just turn up and say, young man, do you pay your tithe? And they say, well, well yes, sir, yes, sir. Say, okay, that's fine. You can carry my luggage. And some of them get brave enough after a while, and they say, I said, Dr. Miser, what, what if I just said no? You know, what if I just said I don't pay my tithes? I, I said, well, I'd tell you to put my luggage down. And if you'd steal from God, you'd steal from me. I don't trust you if you don't pay your tithes. You know, you're a thief uh, and a robber. Yes. So, but anyway, it's a lot of fun. But uh, but those gods, those gods are no gods. No, and that, Our God's that's the real such deal. marvelous and contrast. He carried it for us. Yes, yes. You know, even, even in these religions, Renee, I, I've seen them where there'll be a, a, a shrine at the top of a mountain. Mm-hmm. And the people are going to pilgrimage up there. Right. Uh, but to get there, they feel like they have to suffer. 
Right. I mean, as you're walking up the mountains, not bad enough. They'll take they'll take a rock or two or three rocks and put in their shoes. Oh my! Yeah, and then they'll walk the whole way with those rocks. I mean, and they're in pain the whole time. Right. And they think somehow that gets them closer to God and That's makes a- God happy. And of course, by the time they get there, their feet are bloody. Right. Because those rocks have just chewed their feet up climbing that mountain. And it's just so sad to see what religion has done yeah, uh, to tell people that somehow your, your suffering is going to make God happy. You hurting is going to make God happy. You bleeding is going to make God happy. When when Jesus bled and died for us. And, Hallelujah. of course, the same thing with the crucifix. You know, we, right. we've told people for decades and decades and decades, say, well, that's a pretty piece of jewelry. Or that's a pretty piece to hang on your wall right. but the truth is jesus isn't on the cross anymore right and if you keep him on the cross right. in your own heart in your own mind in your own psyche and soul if you keep him on the cross he can't help you right because he's suffering and bleeding and dying and stuck to the cross right so we have to get him off the cross right because once he came off the cross hallelujah then we're paid for amen. He paid for us with his own blood and by amen. those stripes by those stripes, they beat him on the back. Right. By those stripes, we're healed. Well, and th- that marvelous uh, act of what we call the blood covenant. Yes, yes, That yes. Jesus, uh, you know, he he died, he was buried, and he rose again. Yes. And all of that gives the believer, that people that will believe on us. And, and we want to remind you, too, over in Romans chapter 10, it talks about how that if we'll believe in our heart yes. that God raised Jesus from the Jesus dead the and then God. confess out of our mouth that he is, Lord, he is our Lord, you shall be saved. That's just how simple it is. Yes, it is. Why risk eternity and going to a devil's hell just because you simply wouldn't do those two simple things exactly. and live for the Lord Jesus Christ the rest of your life. But, you know, the power of God, you know, when when Paul's teaching in the New Testament, he said that Jesus Christ, Terry, was the power of God. Yes. And he was the wisdom yes. of God. So the Bible is a compilation of the power of God and the wisdom of God. Right. And when we talk about you know, spiritual authority, it's you walking in the power of God and the wisdom of God. So when we see the wisdom of God through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, then we come over here to Acts chapter 1, where Jesus himself said to his disciples, okay, you've seen the wisdom of God to redeem your life, to put you in a new position. He says, now y'all don't go anywhere and do anything (laughs) until you get the power. Until you get the power to do it. He said, you stay here in Jerusalem and you get the power. And then once you are filled with the Holy Ghost, then go into all the world. You don't have to go to Jerusalem anymore. No, thank God. That was was the first time. The first time the Holy Spirit was coming on the scene. Right. And Jesus had talked to them about that. I think we talked about this last last week or the week before. We're in, in John 14, 15, 16, 17. Go Jesus, read that. John Jesus, 14, 15, and 16. Jesus starts uh, telling them yeah. and introducing them to the Holy Spirit and says to them, hey, it's better for you right. if I go away. Yeah. And they're thinking, how in the world can it be better for me if you That's leave right. me? Yeah, we don't you to leave me. You, you, you've provided for us. You've right. provided our food, paid our taxes. I mean, you, you know, how would it be better for right. us if right. you leave? Right. And it was, he said, because then the Holy Spirit will That's come. He said, if I, don't, if I don't leave, 
the Holy That's Spirit right. won't come. But if I leave, the Holy Spirit can oh, come. Oh, hallelujah. And of course, we said then in that program, whatever it was last week or the week before, we said, and, and the reason that's better yes. is not because the Holy Spirit is better than Jesus. Right. It's, it's just because Jesus was in the flesh and blood body. Right, right. And, and he was walking on the earth as a man. Right. Thank God he did. So exactly. we know So we know that men can do it. Right. Uh, the men can be saved. Uh, but but because he was limited by his flesh and blood right. body, right. he could only be in one place, one at, place one time. at one time. So if he was at the Sea of Galilee, he couldn't be in Jerusalem, you know. And and so he said, the Holy Spirit will come, and that's better for you. Well, why is it better? It's better because he's omnipresent, right. and he can be everywhere at the same time. So if I'm in Africa, I'm in India, I'm here, there. Uh, he's with me wherever I'm at. He's with you wherever you're at. He's with other believers wherever they're at. He the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at the same time. He was that's why it's better. That's exactly right. He was introducing to them a concept they had that was foreign to them oh, that he was going to come live in them. If so, if Jesus walked up to you and said, "Terry, would you rather me be with you or in you?" Really, you know, and that's the whole crux of the matter of the New Testament yes, is. is that God was with them mm -hmm. in the Old yes. Testament, but in the New Testament. He's going to come live in us. You see, none of those other gods we were talking about, That's right. not one of those other religions <laughs> would dare say no, that, that, God, that their God lives in them. Yeah, right. You know, the Word tells us Christ in you is the hope of glory. The hope of glory. Uh, the glory of God. Jesus said, I and my Father will abide in, in you. you. We'll live in you. In we'll you. walk when you walk. We'll, we'll reach out when That's you right. reach out. When you pray for the sick, lay your hand on the yeah. sick. Our hand's right inside your hand touching the sick, but no other religion would say that. And Jesus the, said in that same uh, context of what you're talking about there in John 14, 15, and 16, he said, I'll never leave you. Exactly. I'll never forsake exactly. you. I'll be with you till the ends of the earth and on through eternity. Exactly. His whole relationship with the disciples was going to change. And they didn't realize how improved that was going oh, to be absolutely. in their life. Well, and they so, had no concept of Old Testament, New Testament. Right. There was no such thing. No. They had no, right. no concept exactly. of Old Covenant, New Covenant. Exactly. And Jesus knew, hey, guys, <laughs> newsflash, there's about to be a paradigm shift. Right. There is about to be a radical, radical. change. Boy, I mean, the, I mean, the veil was. in the temple is about to be split. That's right. <laughs> and, and when I hang on the cross, I'm going to declare these words, it is. It is. Finished. And most most <laughs> Christians and people have thought all their lives that that just meant I'm dead now. I'm dying now. It's finished. I'm done. But he wasn't talking about that. He's talking about the old testament. The old, old testament yeah. is now completed. That's it's right. now finished. Hallelujah. It's now fulfilled. I, I came and fulfilled Jesus. it. Uh, that's done. That's right. And now we're going to start the New Testament. But the disciples had no, no concept. They, of it. they, they had no that's idea. Right. That's why they that's why they missed it. Uh, for so long, so about 30 years right. uh, after Jesus died and rose again, he gave them uh, the what we call the Great Commission, what I've right. always called the only commission, going to all the world and preaching right. the gospel to every right. creature. He that believes the baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. And then he listened right. to those signs in their order of simplicity, the easiest thing first. He said, in my name, You'll cast out devils. Right. Well, that should be the easiest thing a Christian does is dispatch the devil on short notice. That's right. You know, and you'll you'll speak with new tongues, and you'll uh, if you uh, just take up serpents, if you drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt you. And you'll lay hands on the sick in my name, and they shall recover. Not That's maybe, right. not hope so. No, they shall Hallelujah. recover. And so uh, five times he gave them that. We talked about that before. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Five, five times That's right. Jesus gave them what. We 
called the Great Commission. I call the only commission. And and yet the church it <laughs> has missed that for so many years, thinking, well, that's just one thing we're supposed to do. But <laughs> really, there's 25 other things. No, no, he only gave us one commission. No, that's right. He didn't give us commission A, B, C, D. You choose whichever one you like. You choose however you feel. What do you identify with? No, no. He yeah, said, one right. commission, get the gospel to the world, period, over and after. That's right. Or give God a family. God wants, wanted from the beginning in the garden, still does now. God right. wanted a family, still wants a family. And as I've said before, the Bible starts with God calling the kids and the Bible saying, Adam, Eve, where are you? Right. So they were hiding. Where are you kids? And then the Bible ends uh, in Revelation saying, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. If any man will open the door, I'll come in. And he says, and at the very end in chapter 22 of Revelation, he says, uh, it's supper time. Kids, come home. Come on in now. It's supper time. I've got, uh -huh. I've got dinner ready. Yes, you know? yes, yes. And it says, the spirit and the bride say, come. So from the start of the Bible to the end of the Bible, God's, God's calling the kids. That's so wonderful. And he wants the kids to come home and be the with love of him. God. But, but when he looked them in the eye, Renee, and said to them, now, listen to me, guys, get the gospel to the That's world. Right. That's right. They said, right, Lord. Yeah, sure, of course. The Jewish world. Yeah. Because they didn't know there was another world. Exactly. They had been trained all their lives that you're a Jew or nothing. Right. You know, everybody else is a dog. And uh, and even Jesus trained them in that right. while he was with them those three and a half years. He even told them very plainly in Matthew chapter 10, after he gave them power and authority and dominion and all that, and, and power to heal the sick and cast out devils and all that there in Matthew 10. Then, then he turns around to him and says, now, by the way, I want you to be just like me. Don't go to anybody except the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Right. Don't go to the Gentiles. And then he told them very plainly, he said, and into any city of the Samaritans, right. enter ye not. Guys, don't you dare, read my lips, don't you dare minister to or go to a Samaritan. Right. Those are dogs. He said, you only minister to Jews. To so Jews. those guys heard him there in Matthew 10. And he was strong with them. So they wrote, man, I mean, they probably wrote it on their arms. So let me, God, I'll never, I'll never preach to a Samaritan. That's right. And so that was old covenant. Right. But whenever the paradigm shift happened. Right. When he died, when he said, it's finished. When the veil in the temple was rent in two, now the new covenant starts. Then he tells him in the Great Commission in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, right after he right. comes out of the grave, he says, now go to all the world. Right. They didn't get that. I and mean, when they heard that him say that, they right. heard it with their, their Jewish religious minds and the training he personally had given them saying, don't you dare preach to Samaritans. Right. But now in Acts 1 and 8, he says, so he says, now when you get the Holy Ghost, which yes. is what you're talking about, when you get the Holy Ghost, right. don't you go to Jerusalem and stay there till you get the Holy Ghost. You'll speak in tongues and so on and so forth, the gifts of the Spirit. He said, now, when you get the Holy Ghost, you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and, get this, Samaria. Right. What's the last thing they heard about Samaria? Don't you dare go to Samaria. <laughs> Don't you dare preach to a Samaritan. Right, right. And so he's giving them a total change of a right. paradigm shift yeah. it's saying and samaria yes and the, the uttermost parts of the earth. of the earth and they looked him right in the eye and read his lips and heard him say it and said right lord we got it we'll, we'll preach to the whole world right the jewish world right and it took them some some 30 years till acts chapter 10 
Right. Uh, and they never preached to a Gentile, never preached to a Samaritan. And finally, we all know the story in Acts chapter 10. I really don't have time to go into it, but we know that Peter went down to Joppa and went to Simon the yes. Tanner's house and was visiting <laughs> with him. And down the road, there's this great, wonderful Roman centurion yes, that yes. loves God. Right. The only problem with him is he's a Roman. He's, he's not a, a German. So he's therefore, he's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's an Italian. You know, so, so he's a dog uh, because he's not a Jew. And so his name is Cornelius, and Cornelius has been praying, asking God, help me, help me, help me, show me, show me, show me what I do, what I do. And he yeah. gave alms, and he blessed people, and helped be a good guy. Yeah. And uh, and so the Lord sent him an angel, but angels can't preach. Right. So easy if the angel just came and preached to him and said, here's what you need to do. No, no. The angel told him where a preacher was. And he said, he, the angel came and said, God's heard you, so you need to send somebody down here to Joppa, knock on the door at Simon the Tanner's house, and ask for a guy named Peter, Simon Peter. He'll tell you what you need to do. So he told him where to find a preacher. Right. Peter comes down and preaches to him, even though he didn't want to, because he said, oh, my God, I'm going into a Gentile's house. I'm going into a dog's house. What's the good? This lightning's going to strike me. And he goes in and preaches to him. The Bible says they got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. What, that's, then, that's worth taking your time today to go and read that entire dynamic of how the Lord both ministered and gave revelation to Peter yes. and then filled Cornelius' household with the Holy Spirit. And the other disciples heard about it in Jerusalem. Old Sister oh. Bucketmouth got yeah. on Facebook <laughs> and she tweeted and texted and said, That's Peter's right. preaching to a Gentile. Right. Peter's in a Roman's house, an right. Italian's house. He's talking to dogs. And so they called Peter on the carpet and said, you get yourself to Jerusalem, stand before the board. We may pull your papers. My goodness. And then Acts chapter 11, you go read Acts chapter 11. All Acts chapter 11 is, is Peter's retelling to right. the board, <laughs> to his buddies, what happened in Acts chapter 10. That's right. And he said, what was I that I, 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 I could withstand God? I had to obey God. The Spirit right. made me go to an Italian's house. And then so it says there in Acts chapter 11, verse 18, it says, finally the disciples held their peace. And they said, oh my God, God has granted repentance unto life and the Gentiles. So now we can go to all the world. It took them 30 years to figure that out to go to all the world, not just to do this, but all the world and, and preach the gospel. We're so glad you joined us today. And over the next several programs, we're going to be talking to you about the wonderful concepts that God has given us, the word, the commands of take dominion, Genesis 1, and then go into all the world and yes. preach the gospel, the Great Commission. That's the purpose of the church, to be empowered and then to go. Absolutely. And I'm big on purpose. Yes. God's big on purpose. Jesus is big on purpose. And the church has a purpose. That's right. Stay tuned. We love you. And you are more, more than, than conquerors. Renee and I just want to remind you that the greatest miracle of all time and the only eternal miracle is salvation. So uh, let's just do that right now. Pray this prayer after me. Father God, I come before you today to accept Jesus. I believe in my heart Jesus is the Son of God. I call on you today according to your word. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me a new creature. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, and I'll serve you the rest of my days in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says you're saved, you're born again. So write us, let us know, tell somebody that you prayed with Terry and Renee and that you gave your heart to Jesus. We love you, God bless you. Thank you for watching today. Renee and I always enjoy ministering to you. And one thing about the word, it works. You know, the COVID thing is about wrapped up, thank God. And uh, different restrictions are lifting around the world. And so uh, we're beginning to move out around the world again, which is what we've done for 54 years. 
And so uh, we want to invite you to partner with us, to hook up with us, to go around the world with us. You know, in our as far as teaching and training, we train missionaries. Uh, we train pastors. Uh, I've had pastors conferences in country after country after country, which is something God spoke to me to do when I was just a teenager, to train ministers. And so we've done that. But we also have open air crusades and different kind of crusades in different nations uh, with healings and miracles and salvations. So we want to invite you to be partners with us as we have partnered with other ministries all really all of our lives. And we pray for our partners daily. We'll pray for you daily. So make it a consideration. Make it a prayer. See what the Holy Ghost says to you. And uh, we'd be glad to have you partner with us and go around the world with us. God bless you.